Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. He's back in the bullpen today. We got Christian Daytok, White House correspondent, Washington Examiner, very accomplished journalist. It is fitting to have him on the show today as Politico was able to obtain and leak the reality of Roe v. Wade being overturned, which completely transforms the idea of a woman's right to choose in this country. Christian, welcome, how are you? I'm great, Dr. Ritchie, thanks for having me back on today of all days. I'm sure there's a lot of viewers out there who've been tuned into this news nonstop. And I appreciate the opportunity to cut it up with you a little bit. So let me give some background. The Roe v. Wade started as a case in 1970. It had its final ruling in 1973. And basically it said, listen, a woman does have a right to choose, but we're going to limit that right with some balance with the government or with the state. But we looked at this as a victory for a woman's right. Religious advocates have maintained that life begins at conception, even though they have only provided only provided context as it relates to pregnancy. They have never, for example, supported legislation to make child support mandated to be paid at conception, right? They have never said through legislation, well, the child must be nine months old upon birth since we look at it as life from conception. But this was one of their red meat dynamics. So I don't wanna presume what you know or believe about this particular ruling. So if you would give me your sentiment and I will opine. Sure, I think I'll just start by stating that I'm unequivocally pro-choice. I believe 100% of women's right to choose and I think that this opinion and what's we've led to be to believe is going to be a final ruling in a few months is an attack on not only women's rights, but really the rights of anyone who's concerned about government infringing on personal liberties. That being said, there's a whole bunch of political ramifications that can spill out of this thing. And I think one of the reasons we saw this leak come out Monday night is because it might potentially give Democrats a little bit of momentum heading into the November midterms. Now we heard President Biden earlier today, both speaking to reporters on the tarmac and in a written statement, talk about how Congress needs to step up and finally codify Roe v. Wade. Now that being said, Jen Psaki talked to reporters on the plane and she basically admitted that right now as it stands, the math doesn't work out to do that. There was attempts by Chuck Schumer and the Democrats earlier, well, excuse me, last year rather, uh, to try and vote on a bill that did that. They didn't even have 50 votes. So even if the filibuster were eliminated, uh, that bill would have died in the Senate. So ultimately, President Biden is calling on voters, um, both Democrats and moderate Republicans, independents, uh, to start electing pro-choice uh, lawmakers. And this is going to quickly become, in my mind, probably the foremost issue uh, indeed, with crime and education and everything, excuse me, in the economy, everything that's currently happening spilling out of the coronavirus pandemic heading into November. You know, you make a compelling point, a point that I agree with, a point I made earlier on my radio show, uh, that this may actually help Democrats, even though to me it is, it's the wrong way to do it. But the reality is, it is leaked. Now it's here. 
you know what the ruling is going to be likely. Uh, and I will say this just for the record, there are instances where Supreme Court justices have changed their mind. When the leak came out and the um, summary or the majority report, the ruling was out and it was premature. Some justices have actually changed their mind. Do I think that's going to happen here? No, I don't think that's going to happen here. Over 60% of Americans believe that a woman should retain her right to choose. Alabama passed a law in 2019 that was the most restrictive law on abortion in the United States of America, where it gave a woman more time in prison for seeking an abortion from a rapist than the rapist would get for raping the woman. And it would then also give the doctor 99 years in prison for performing the abortion. The most restrictive, that became law for a brief period of time before it was overturned by the courts. My question to you is, do you see this as an erosion at general rights? Because remember, the basis for Roe v. Wade was your right to privacy, your right to be free from government intrusion and your right of due process. So if you can erode at Roe v. Wade by constitutional methods, what's to stop a court from making a next conclusion about how privacy and due process should not be applied to these other rights we have taken as commonplace in America? I'm gonna be optimistic and say I, I hope that this doesn't result in that, but I, I think you're onto something here. and. Ultimately, this could be the first couple of pebbles trickling down the mountain towards a full scale you know, erosion of, of civil liberties. And President Biden talked today about how this case could set a, a very poor precedent for any privacy related matters, how this could potentially have ramifications for undoing HIPAA, rules like that. This could even, and he floated this, I'm quoting the president now, said how you know same sex marriage might come under attack. Uh, yet again, that's an issue that I never thought we'd see try to be relitigated in my lifetime. I mean, to be honest, I guess I never thought that we would try and relitigate abortion access uh, to this extent. But I think what this is sort of uh, exemplifying is some in both parties have been moving significantly closer towards a, a totalitarian edge in the way that we're um, using government to really just, you know, police individuals. Uh, interfere in their daily lives. I know I said that at the top, but ultimately, this is America. One of the founding principles that this country, you know, came into being with was the right to choose. The right to choose religion, the right to choose a state to live in. Uh, obviously, for Black Americans, a lot of those rights didn't come until hundreds of years after America was founded. But with what's happening with women right now, I, and I can't feel like this is very different from the plight of Black America. During the civil rights movement, it feels like this is a seismic shift and one that I think will only sort of provoke these seriously partisan tensions heading into 2022 and heading into 2024. Let's look at what this leaked document says. Alito was basically saying that this never should have been an issue for the court. This never should have been federalized. This never should have been common law set by way of president of the US Supreme Court that states should have always maintained this right to regulate this item, okay? So here's the problem with that line of thinking. That line of thinking would also say that other elements should simply be a state's right. 
rather than it being codified or dealt with by way of the US Supreme Court. And we all know what has happened when states are able to create their own rules connected to the citizens of that state. That was what we fought an entire civil war about. It was over the state's right to retain the industry of slavery. That was the primary right they wanted to keep and still be within the context of law. So not only is this problematic, obviously, because of the ethical issues, you have this religious dynamic connected to it. And I try not, I'm a Christian man myself, I try not to let those Christian evangelicals that support taking away a woman's right to choose hijack my faith background. I completely oppose their understanding of life, completely 100% oppose it. But I do find it interesting, Christian, that the same people that are pro-war, pro-death penalty, and pro-defunding programs programs that actually help children are somehow considered pro-life. It doesn't make sense to me. And I think, once again, this was a messaging error that was allowed by those on the left when they branded themselves pro-life and even though they are pro-death in so many elements. I think that was a mistake they allowed the party, the Republican party to brand themselves as pro-life. In addition to that, you can look at the evidence, you can look at the actual numbers of abortions in the United States of America. Only Democratic presidents in recent history, only Democratic presidents in the modern era are the ones who have actually been in leadership during a decrease, significant decrease of abortions in the United States. Republicans typically, there was no change or the number of abortions increased under Republican presidents. And that's a cause and effect relationship between the resources available to mothers who are educated and the help resources available to those who would like to give for birth. You see that those programs being taken away under Republican presidencies, thus abortion rates increase. But Christian, how have they been able to maintain this mantra that they are somehow the pro-life party? Well, I think the conservative media outlets out there have certainly helped with that. I also think, to be honest, a lot of liberals have probably helped with that. Mm. They're happy to sort of cast Republicans as saying, "Oh, you're anti, you're pro-life." That's really just anti-abortion, and not really necessarily getting into the semantics of the argument itself. I mean, I was thinking about this in the shower this morning. I think almost every moral argument. For someone being pro-life can be countered in 2022. I mean, poverty is 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 such a such a real factor for you know millions of Americans. Is it fair to force a woman who has a child and you know she can't necessarily support herself economically? Is it fair to force that upon a child to make them live a life of just you know uphill battles? And you know who who knows what comes with that? I think hypothetically. It, you know, when we have these hypothetical arguments, we get ourselves further entrenched in these in these uh, tribal battles. I, I do want to take a step back on what you just said about certain presidents being able to uh, take steps to reduce abortions. I think this could have, while a rallying effect for Democrats in 2022, I think this actually might be sort of a uh, a nail in the coffin for President Biden seeking the 2024. Democratic nomination, and I'm just, you know, pulling a couple of examples here. But even from reporters on Air Force One with Jen today, they're asking very heated questions. Why didn't the president engage more with leaders on Capitol Hill trying to codify this law? 
Uh, why didn't he do more to stump around what might happen? Um, you know, should the Supreme Court take this case up? I think you're recognizing that a lot of people in the Democrat Party are looking at Joe Biden, and while he is a Catholic, and while he does say he personally um, doesn't approve of abortion, he does approve of a woman's right to choose. They might be saying that isn't enough at this point in time. Mm -hmm. uh, this this isn't a hypothetical battle. This is a fight which has nearly come to an end. Uh, and the next war is going to be fought soon. We might need someone new to, to lead us in that war. Uh, listen, man, you're 100% correct on that. And the reality is we're in, we're in the middle of a rock and a hard place, man. Uh, we elect individuals who say, vote for me. I'm going to be able to do A, B, and C for you. Here's my resume, here's what I can do. And then they get in power and they debate with you the entire time. They do not have the power to do what you gave them the power to do. And that has been the routine reality of Democrats in this country, with the exception of just a few. Poverty, you're right, brother, poverty is a policy. That's what that's really what poverty is. Those are policy dynamics that express themselves in poverty reality. That's what happens. If you are anti-programs to help get people out of poverty, you're not pro-life. There's no way you can be pro-life. So I agree with you. That Joe Biden is not going to be the guy in 2024. And at this point, and I know this is going to sound controversial, but I want you to think about it from a strategy point of view. At this point, Donald Trump is the most exciting thing for Democrats. Trump excites Democrats to vote against him. Biden is president because people voted against Donald Trump. That's how this works, okay? So at some point, we gotta figure out how to start playing offense rather than defense when these things come up. We're gonna follow this very closely, obviously. I appreciate you coming on the show and always being a voice of reason. You do a lot of great work, man. Thanks, Dr. Rich, it's always a pleasure.